Murphy, welcome in for the first time to the show. Please welcome Soft Weekly. Soft, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great this morning. How are you doing, Eric? Never better. Someone needs to say it podcast. Uh, tell me a little bit about your podcast, Soft. Um, well, sometimes it's it's kind of silly, and uh, sometimes we pull off some pretty good interviews. You know, uh, we had Meltdown from Riff on there, which I was really proud of. He's a nice guy, and uh, I think he's he's the longest-running DJ in Detroit, especially yeah. at the same station. You know, we've had Carl from WATP on there. And like I said, sometimes we, we just do some silly hanging out with the friends stuff. And those, those kind of shows are, are more for our little group where you got to know the people involved, but I've been trying to move away from that more so I can bring in more people, you know? Yeah. And uh, by the way, as you, as we sit here and get to know each other and talk on the podcast and I introduce you to the audience, um, uh, you, you're, you're going to see comments and they're, they're, they're going to try to screw everything up. They've done, this is their thing. So these are, these are my live audience members. Kenny has a question. Someone needs to say it. What, what the, uh, why the fuck is he called soft? Explain that please. Well, web soft make jokes and, you know, get offended too easy or whatever. And I called it soft weekly. And then I, I went on Twitter with that, and that Twitter account eventually got banned for making fun of soft people. But so it's just kind of stuck and become like a branding thing. I think I also put my name up there to Soft Weekly, Corey. I, you know, I don't hide my name, but I've always, since uh, I've had whatever internet presence I have, I've been Soft Weekly. Nice mic, by the way. That's an ex- I think that's a, a RE, what is it? RE320. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's not cheap, man. No, no. That's one of the, when I started doing this, one of the things that was important is um, audio quality for me. I think shows become unlistenable if, you know, if the quality's not there, even if the content's good. If the audio quality is not there, it's not good. You're absolutely right. Uh, you're in Michigan as well. Um, you grew up on the east side. Isn't that, isn't, isn't that what you said? Um, I grew up in my time there. And in like the new center area of Detroit for like 12 years. And now I'm outside of Lapeer. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, you were featured on who are these podcasts, which is of course something that's near and dear to me. And uh, talk a little bit, how you got involved with that show, because you were just featured on the most recent episode of who are these podcasts. There was a, a couple of years back. He used to cover a guy called Jerry Banfield and what Jerry Banfield he did financial help and personal motivation and those type of things podcasts. But the guy was incredibly in debt and he didn't seem to tightly wound himself. So me and a group of my buddies, one who's in your comments right now, Boomer Bob's in there, we were kind of following the guy. And uh, then he had this offer for a hundred dollars. You could uh, get a motivational call from him. Well, I kind of flipped the script on him. I paid the $100, and then I had me and four of my buddies all go on the call at once and kind of interview him. And I sent that call to Carl, and he played some clips on back then and had me on the show. So that was how I got to be friends with him. And then this recent week was the first time I found a show that he agreed with me was unlistenable and need to be talked about. <laughs> um the what 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 show did you guys review again on the most recent episode? What was that? 
It's called Disgusting Hawk. It uh, features Jessica Jessica Kersan. Okay. She's a New York comedian, and it's on the Gas Digital Network, which is a huge podcasting network. And that's yes, one of is. the things that amazed me is that that show could get on that network. I know it. Carl's had the guy who runs that thing on his show. Yes, Ralph Sutton. Yes. Right. And so I, I often wonder, because Carl says stuff like he was he was saying, he was talking about Ralph. He's like, come on, Ralph, get it together and shit like that. I wonder if that guy ever hears those things. Because Carl says stuff like uh, all the stuff about Chad Zumach. You know, after, I mean, it's one thing if I beat the shit out of Chad Zumach, but then Carl beats the shit out of him too. And it doesn't, and Zumach doesn't get pissed off at him. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, maybe Carl has more of a reputation that he's kind of hard to go after because he'll, he'll come right back. You know, it's one of those situations where, uh, he's not afraid to keep going. So I think, and, and he's made some big podcasting friends too, that all seem to like his show, you know? So he has a little bit of a more backing than smaller, you know, more independent guys would. Um, what about the fact that he is, uh, he, I mean, he, when it comes to podcasting, uh, most people who are successful at it have something in their background that makes um, them people interested in them in the first place, like Rogan, uh, stand up comedy, Fear Factor, um, UFC. So that, you know, for him to start a podcast, he's kind of known. Well, he's known years ago when he first starts doing it. So he has that as kind of like helping him spread the word. And, and most other people who have successful podcasts, they, uh, they, they don't start from nothing. Mark Marin, obviously successful career. And, and, and the list goes on and on. Carl is a dude in anywhere USA created something from nothing. That's pretty rare to have that type of thing happen. Yes. Um, I think, uh, he didn't necessarily have the bash or whatever because he's been uh performing live music for like 35 years so he's not afraid to get up on stage and he is a huge um just radio head listens to radio shows from all over the spectrum he he enjoys the medium so i think he's had just tons and tons of years uh recognizing what a good broadcast is and what a bad one is you know but yeah he he started it from nothing he didn't have any kind of broadcasting background at all uh, you don't, do you listen to radio at all now? Um, no, very rarely. Did you used to? Yes, I did. So, uh, what, what, what was, uh, the type of show that you listened to before you kind of left it? Um, I used to listen to a lot of talk. Um, obviously I listened to Drew and Mike in the morning. That was my favorite show. Um, but because of where I lived, um, you were the big show in my market. And I used to listen to you back then when I, and I don't mean this badly, but when I couldn't get Drew and Mike's signal in, I would listen to you guys. You know, 101.5 was a big station here. When um, Dominsky and Doyle was on 97.1, I don't know if you remember those guys. I do. I do. In fact, I, I know their, them. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed their show a whole bunch. I really did. We had the same agent. In fact, I remember I had to call uh, Bill and say, hey, I got bad news, man. Novak just passed. Have you ever heard Drew and Mike talk about Novak? Yes. Yes. That was that was our guy. Uh, uh, everybody had Novak. Novak was the best um, in the business when it comes to representation. And then he passed away suddenly a number of years ago. So it was uh, I think that was the beginning of the end for me in radio when Novak died, because every time I would get in the weeds, he would take care of everything he would just smooth it over 
And then when he died, I had nobody who could help me. And then that was it. You know, I was kind of outnumbered. Uh, what did you think of our show, Free Beer and Hot Wings? Here, and you can be totally honest. I, I don't have a problem with anything. No, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a um, a little more, and I don't well, it was a little more morning zoo-ish mm-hmm. than Drew and Mike, but it wasn't the over-the-top ridiculous stuff. I thought um, I thought you guys uh, did a good job covering a little bit more local stuff. A lot of the zoo shows just get those prep sheets, you know, from the service, and then yeah. they just they just go over the wacky stories. But you guys had some local content, and that's what I liked about Drew and Mike too. Is they you know they would find wacky stuff that happened in Rochester Hills instead of you know what right. went on in Salt Lake City or something like that. But I, I did enjoy your show. Just like I said, it it wasn't my first go to. Have you uh, have you listened to Dave and Chuck the Freak? Yes, I I I do not like them. I'm sorry. I don't like it either. I don't like it at all. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is everybody? How in the fuck did they even replace Drew and Mike in the first place? I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. What the fuck were they thinking by getting rid of Drew and Mike and replacing them with that show? I think I think that really just came down to dollars. That's you think? really yeah. Drew and Mike were making a nice chunk of change at that time. I think in uh yeah. in 2008 or so they signed like a a, a multi million dollar deal. You know, I mean they were. And I think, you know, radio was going the way that uh, they couldn't afford to pay their talent that much anymore. What do you think is going to happen to radio? I'm, I, I, you know, people have been predicting its demise for years and years and years. And um, I mean, is this is this a thing? I mean, is, is this realistic to think about? Um, I don't I don't know if it'll have a demise. I think it'll always be there in some form. But once you get a lot now is um, like we only have really one sports station in the town. We had two for a while, and they had a lot of syndicated content, which I don't think works well for a sports station because you want to hear more talk about local teams. Um, you know, even Dave and Chuck the Freak now are syndicated in a couple of markets. So now when you listen to that show, um, you got to hear them talking to people in Boston and people in Florida too. You know, I like my, my local shows local. I think it'll always be around in some form, but the golden age of radio is definitely over. Um, when I started doing uh, internet content like this, um, I did it because I had to. Okay. And um, I didn't even suspect that I would have a ability to, to earn money. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I, maybe I do. I kind of just happened upon it on accident. And then, um, well, it's worked out. So, um, Others, like, for example, if Freebird and Hot Wings today or, da- or Dave and Chuck today said um, we're not if they both if they both got fired, they're closer than they think to having everything they could possibly want. And I just don't know if they're willing to actually explore that because they're so used to uh, working at a radio station, getting their own insurance, uh, uh, you know, all those other things. It's remarkable what you can pull off if you just put a little uh, ingenuity behind it. It's not that big of a deal to take it nowadays from the radio to an online source. There's actually a hell of a lot more viability even in the past from now compared to when I started doing it just two and a half years ago. There's a lot of money to be made in it. Like if, if Dave and Chuck or Freebear and Outwings decided to make it online only content, there's a million and one things they could do to make a lot of money, more than they're making right now. Because I can promise you, 
Dave and Chuck, the freak, free brand hot wings are making a lot less money now. Maybe not Dave and Chuck because they, they constantly work their way up from uh, from radio station to radio station. But Freebird Outwigs, I can promise you right now, they're not making nearly as much money than what they were making five years ago. Oh, yeah. I, I would have to agree with that with a 100%. Um, and like you said about um, maybe they realize they could do better on the Internet. But like you said, also, they have to figure out their own insurance. Then you got to pitch to your own advertisers. You know, there's there's a lot more things to keep the show going. I don't want to keep going back to them, but Drew and Mike, you know, they do five shows a week and they get over a hundred thousand downloads for each one. And they uh-huh. they've, got, they've got good advertisers, and they're really doing quite well. I mean, they have more listeners than a lot of the morning shows in the radio market. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm very happy for them. I was very, a big very fan cool. of them. Yeah, I was a big fan of them. And just to see them be so successful, jumping into a new thing like like you did, you know, and have it really pay off. It's nice to see. Um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of work, but I I again I um I it's all I could do. I mean, I didn't have a choice. And then when it kind of started to unfold, like, oh, hey, I think you can pull it off. It uh, it, it it was good. So I'm, I'm I'm glad to be able to do it. Um, all right. I want to talk a little bit about uh, you. You also have, in addition to uh, your, your podcast that we talked about just a few short minutes ago, someone needs to say it. You also do a mixed martial arts slash UFC p- uh, podcast. Is that right? Yes. Well, what it is, it's just UFC. Sometimes we'll talk about other uh, mixed martial arts. It's called Significant Strike Podcast, and it's a betting podcast. We go over the betting lines and pick fight winners, you know, or suggest fight winners. We put our picks in. We're part of a um, sports handicapping network. It's a small one. It's not huge, but it's called Spofi HQ. There's guys on there that do golf, hockey, football, all the sports, and me and my partner Val are the UFC guys for that network. Are you a degenerate gambler? Um, not a degenerate. I like to place a little money. My partner uh, spends a lot more money and time on it than I do. Uh, some people will recognize the name Crippled Jesus. He has a podcast. He's also, or CJ, who are these podcasts? Uh, he's got a unique sounding voice because he's stricken with, I think, cerebral palsy. Is that right? Yeah, cerebral palsy. And he's also uh, been on Someone Needs to Say It Too. Yes, I see that. He's all now he describes himself as a degenerate gambler, true or false. True. <laughs> true. He uh he goes and plays cards and stuff all the time. He is a degenerate gambler. Okay, good. We the world needs more of them. Um okay, now so you know a thing or two about UFC. I want to talk a little bit about uh the Conor McGregor and is it is it Dustin Poirier? Is it Dustin? Yeah, Dustin Poirier, yep. Okay, now, I don't know shit about shit when it comes to this, but I was telling you yesterday, I like following the stories that surround it, but I can't fucking get up the strength to watch the fights because they're so GD brutal, I can't handle it. And thank God I didn't because Conor McGregor breaks his leg in half in that fight. Take me through what you thought when you saw that happen. discussion how it happened um what i saw happen is there is a point where mcgregor went to leg kick dustin poirier and dustin just got his leg up some to check it and connor kind of hit his foot on the knee and that twisted it some and you can see in the fight when he steps back from that poirier points at his leg 
knowing, you know, knowing that it hurt him some, it wasn't broke yet. It might've been fractured or damaged or whatever. And then not long after that, he threw the high kick and I think it caught Poirier on the elbow there, which is a very hard bone. And that's when it just snapped and went down. And when he stepped back, you could see it. It, it just folded over like oh. the letter L. Oh yeah. It was one of the, it's one of the worst things that you can possibly see when a bone breaks like that. And we've seen this before in other fights where uh, people will do that. And then like you say that the opponent will, will check it or something like that, or hit a hard spot. My God, what a devastating injury that is. One of, one of the most ironic instances of that is a Anderson Silva broke his leg on Chris Chris Weidman leg kicking him. I mean, it wrapped right around it. And then three years later, Chris Weidman broke his leg the exact same way kicking someone else. I thought that was some strange irony you would never expect to happen. He won a fight by that happening and lost a fight by that happening. Yeah. And so McGregor goes down and the fight is immediately over, but he continues, even though his leg is broken, he can, t- how about this? He continues the trash talk while his leg is in pieces. How about that? I thought it was incredible. What's even uh, more incredible is when he first went down, he was yelling at the referee, Dr. Stoppage, Dr. Stoppage. He didn't want it to be declared a TKO. He was more concerned about how his record would look than his leg actually. <laughs> Right. So he's calling Dr. Stoppage, Dr. Stoppage. And after they say that, that then he goes right into talking the smack to Dustin's wife. So in that, uh, I, I see that um, right afterwards, and I'll, I'll actually share this so that audience members can see what happened. I, I'd love to play the interview with Rogan, but I always get a YouTube ticket or a Facebook ticket when I do that sort of thing. Yeah. UFC but, is very protective of that. Yeah. Stuff. But uh, you can see right here, Connor's laying down. There's Rogan talking to him. And, uh, and then in the, in the other side of the frame there, you see uh, Dustin Poirier's wife giving the finger to Conor McGregor when his leg is busted. McGregor was very bold and saying, I want to go finish this fight. Come on. Why is Dustin Poirier's wife so pissed off at Conor McGregor? Soft. Well, because leading up to this fight, there's a huge Twitter back and forth. Conor McGregor was saying, uh, uh, pretty explicit things. I know you run a pretty clean show, so I don't no, want to get no, into it. I, I say oh. shit and fuck all the time. Okay. Well, <laughs> she, he was saying things like, uh, your wife wants to be all up on my balls and nuts. And she's trying to slide into my DMS. I mean, he was talking pretty poorly about the man's wife, which would offend him, but also her as a person, you know, just kind of talking that shit to her. So she, she had every right to flip him off. I think she had every right to laugh at him because he was being an asshole to her and she's got nothing to do with it. She's not in the fight. She's just the man's wife. Can you explain to me? Uh, well, he said that he had proof and he might've, she may have tried to get into his DMS. Why is that? I mean, what if she was saying, Hey, you did a good job last night. Does that necessarily mean when you slide into someone's DM that you want to have sex with them? No. Now I'm your age. So I'm not as up on, on the game as uh, the younger generation may be, but no, just because yeah. you want to, I mean, I'm in your DMs. I don't want yeah. to have sex with you. I was going to say, I, I sent you one. I didn't want to get in your asshole. Right. So. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was just a way to try and start some shit because McGregor, 
used to win a lot of his fights before they even stepped into the octagon. He was very good at getting in people's heads. And I think that's what he was trying to do here. It just didn't work. Yeah, I, I think that he is great for actually, um, you know, having that type of atmosphere of like almost pro wrestling with all of uh, with all of this and how and how that actually, uh, you know, builds the anticipation for the fight. Right. Yeah, he's he's the guy that uh, I think brought that aspect to the sport before that. There would be a little trash talking, but the guys were a lot more humble and respectful. And they had the idea, even if one thought they would win, they both understood that the other guy is capable of knocking me out or kicking my ass too. And they were more humble and respectful. And then McGregor came in and yeah, he turned it into a WWE atmosphere and people saw how much money he was making for doing that. So now it's become the new thing in the sport. I love it. I think it's great. And uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Dana White is like, keep doing it. Yeah, we, oh. we need more of that. I mean, that, I mean, these, these people make more money when these things happen. That's a fact. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, big guys like McGregor and stuff and the champs, they'll get uh, points on the pay-per-view. So if you can talk up the fight and get more pay-per-views, that's more money in their pocket. And they, everyone saw it work for McGregor, so that's what they do now. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc all right i want to skip the stanley cup thing uh, uh i i kind of already i kind of already got into that you saw that the uh, cup was damaged by the tampa bay lightning but uh, what i do want to get into is something that um it was a a rage quit on a podcast that was featured not long ago on who are these podcasts one of the greatest things i've ever heard you got a pissed off dude uh, uh pissed off about something on a podcast frustrated with his uh guys he's doing the show and he has this tirade can you provide a little bit more background on this and uh, what you know about these people soft sure um one of the guys is in your chat in here one of the guys on the show you'll hear him that's boomer bob he's the dude with the southern voice he's from alabama um another guy is our friend dave he does the man brain podcast he lives in australia John is the Philly fanatic. John has actually been on my show with Dave and Bob before. So there's times where we all get along fairly well, or at least there was up till this point. We, we all go at each other pretty hard and tease people about things. And it, the running joke with D John is he goes to Dunkin Donuts every day. And he always says it's just for the coffee but we always tease him about donuts and he is, he's a little bit overweight. So, you know, those are the things we bust his balls about. And uh, they didn't, 
the rest of the guys on the show did not like the story he thought they should lead with on this day, and that's when the blow-up occurs. Okay. Take a listen to what happened on this show. There might be this a, a, of the week is a little oops, bit. Sorry. There's just uh, like 10 seconds of Carl introducing it. And then yeah, it goes I'm sorry. On. Yeah, uh, it, this is actually lifted off of Who Are These Podcasts? You'll he'll hear Carl. He featured this. Great, great uh, clip. But it came in from multiple people. Multiple people are sending this to me. In fact, even some notable people from the show. A note for, a note for the listeners. This was deemed the best article to talk about. Yeah, the I thought best. this was the worst. The article. best. So it's, it's only downhill from here. That's not true, because the next article is really good. You yeah, have talk to, about having some fucking optimism, Dave. You have to explain who no, no, decides just, that was the best article. I had no all, right, all right, you know what? You can all go fuck yourself. This is the last fucking rubbernecker, and I'm dead fucking serious. What are you, you talking about? Up, funny fucking boy. Laugh it up. What? I've had enough of your fucking donut jokes and enough of your what? other fucking shit. One guy doesn't show up. It's a big fucking thing. We got a prayer, right? Donut, donut, donut. Fat, fat, fat. Meanwhile, you're over there sucking on a fucking cigarette and everything. I try to do nothing. You motherfucker don't do a fucking thing. You sit there on your ass. You make a couple things up, and then all of a sudden, sudden that's it nobody does nothing we sit in here we look like jerk offs jerk offs every fucking week i try to make it a better show and you know what this isn't even fun anymore and i'm fucking done with it rubberneckers is over you can do whatever the fuck you want with the rest of you fucking guys i don't care but i've had enough of this fucking shit fuck is all do something fucking better if you can you can't run the show he's sitting there well this is his first fucking topic's the worst fucking topic and so you already are setting this up what do you think i'm a fucking moron i know what the fuck you're doing you think this is the first fucking time i've ever done something like this yes you fucking assholes go fuck yourselves oh. every fucking last one of you i've had it I came in here, I was going to try to go through this thing, but if you're just going to sit here and try to make me the asshole out of this fucking show, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All of you. <laughs> yes! Fuck it. Okay. And then there's the part after that, um, I think I clipped the audio off, but on the video you can see it, he throws his microphone against the wall, and <laughs> he was quite upset. Oh, okay. So, you... You actually know this guy, and you've uh, have you spoken since you heard that happen to this dude who uh, the uh, uh, Philly fanatic? Yeah, is as a matter of fact, I spoke to him the next day, and uh, I didn't have time to get that clip together. I can send that to you for your own enjoyment. So me and my co-host on the significant cast, why he okay. blew up like that? Yeah, but. Essentially, it was it was Bob's fault. You'll see Bob's in the comments. He told me Bob was the main reason, and Bob doesn't <laughs> understand it. <laughs> so, have Bob and Philly Fanatic worked this out, or is this still a is this still real heat? Um, it's still real heat, as far as I know. That same night, because Bob and Philly Fanatic did a show together called The Bullhorn, and okay. Bob Bob went on their Twitter and our. Uh, John went on their Twitter and scrubbed Bob out of the photo and changed oh. the changed the bio for the name of the show and everything. Oh, holy and he, shit. He left the Discord servers and all that stuff. Oh no. What a what a If you see up there, Bob said he he's disowned him. <laughs> <laughs> Bob fucking A, man.
Uh, now we got to get Bob on the show on this show. I mean, Bob, what a thing we got to we we got to get everybody back together, man. There is no room in the world for everybody to be this pissed off. What an overreaction! Holy shit! What a fucking crybaby! You know, I have found I used to live uh, in that in that neck of the woods that the uh, you know the tough talking Philadelphia Jersey guy are uh, they're they're all pussies, every single one of them. So, you know, what a, what a fucking bitch. Holy shit. Yeah. And like I said, we all kind of go at at everyone pretty hard, you know, each other when we're talking. So I was amazed. John's been known to get angry, but I was amazed he blew up like that. And it created one of the funniest bits ever. I think now it's been on your show, WATP. I think it was on the who's right uh, podcast as well. You know, the whole world finds it completely entertaining absolutely legendary and i will say this you know when a person gets enraged the articulation that they have i mean he was just he was it was like a wonderful monologue that wasn't that was that that wasn't scripted or acted or anything that was real fucking genuine rage flying out of that guy yeah it was like a shakespearean you know My God, uh, Bob says I liked John. Sad, he did a complete tour on other podcasts, uh, shitting on me. Yeah, that uh, was a. John made it clear to me that it was Bob's fault, and I talked to everyone else on the show, and they were all competing for who they thought done it. I think maybe people would say it was probably Dave if you asked the the people that were on the show, but John was completely pissed at Bob. And Bob couldn't figure out why. Uh, all right, Soft. When's the next time we can check out your podcast? Uh, uh, we're, of course, talking about Someone Needs to Say It. Someone Needs to Say It. I'll be recording a new one Friday night, and it should be up Saturday or Sunday. And the Significant Strike podcast, we record every Wednesday. The, usually there's an event every Saturday. So if there's an event on Saturday, we'll record one every Wednesday night before the event to try and get the betting lines out to the people. You don't want to do them too early in case the lines move, but we want to give you enough time to take our suggestions as well. So Wednesday nights and Friday nights. Uh, what's, uh, what's the most you've ever won in an event? Um, well, we do, you know, which is, let's just say, you know, um, there was one time we bet one, what would come out to one unit and we won six. So we won six times what, what we bet, which, you know, it's pretty good. You got to go for the averages. You're not going to go big every, every week, you know, and sometimes you're going to go down, but our record overall has, has kept gaining money every episode. So we're, we're doing pretty good. What is, uh, what, 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 what do you mean by unit? Uh, it's supposed to be like, uh, a percentage of your total bankroll to bet with. Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to just shoot your whole wad on one fight you feel good about, you know, and then, then you've lost all your money. So that's the way they go about it. One unit, two units, you know, if you feel, if you feel good about a fight, you might bet three units, you know, but that's a small percentage of your total bankroll. We're not the type of guys that got, you know, ten thousand dollars to throw around on every fight hey are you thinking about going to see carl uh at the end of august in oh, lombard I, illinois i already have my ticket okay i gotta get mine i keep putting it off so i'll yep, see you there I, yeah I, i'll see you there i told carl that there's going to be a nice Mi- michigan contingent there 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's very, really, really good. Uh, Bob, by the way, in closing, he writes that he sent Philly Fanatic info on how to repair minor dings and walls from him throwing his mic arm in, into the wall. <laughs> and and, and Bob, Bob is a professional painter, so he is the one to give you the information on that. Does anybody, is the video like readily accessible? Like if I search for it right now, could I find it? Um, I think Dave has ownership of that. And I think it was just up on their Patreon, but I bet if I asked him, he'll let you see it. Dave is which one? Is he the Australian dude? Yes. He's the Australian guy. Cause Bob says that video is so much funnier. Well, shit, the audio was already funny. He says, you see him ranting and we're smiling the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask Dave about it. He might let you have a look at it. I think it went up on Patreon. Why does I, you know, I'm really uh, impressed with how much Philly Fanatic is hanging on to this rage. You know, I mean, uh, he there if he's if it's just one isolated incident that he's being this uh, affected by it that he must be fucking crazy either that or he's been hating on uh bob for quite some time and then it just kind of came to a head you know well he, he he gets mad very easily like there's been times where uh I'm not a far lefty I'm a little more liberal than him but I'll say something he don't like and then he'll uh, he'll go from uh, you know, softer, you're a fucking communist. You know, I mean, he's, he's that type of guy, but this is the most enduring hate he's ever shown. Wow. That guy needs to fucking check himself. Seriously. Holy shit. All right. Well, soft, I appreciate the time. I uh, enjoyed talking to you. I want you, I want you back on this show. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you very soon. Soft. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you. There he goes. Bye-bye. Yeah, man. Uh, soft weekly, Sometimes ladies and gentlemen. Uh, check out his show. It's a lot of fun.